tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Oh, yeah! liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and a glorious day it is <laughs> remember when wednesday was hump day with bobby humphrey i do i miss bobby Man, i do too that was a lot of fun yeah a lot of fun well learn a lot from him uh, about the you know football and non-football related stuff bobby's just a cool guy yep. and uh nice man anyway all mm. right so mark what is the perfect temperature to set your ac ah really that kind of depends on your own personal preference, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Well, that's, but that's why when I saw the title, it said "perfect temperature to set your AC." I'm like, really? You may be, talked to my wife. It may be 72 for you. It may be 62 for Ladonna. It may be yeah. 73 for me. I, you know, but mm-hmm. but the, our government has got to be involved in everything and tell us what the perfect <laughs> temperature is. So, according to the Department of Energy. Your tax dollars at work. 78 yeah. degrees is the right setting to balance savings and comfort. The, the Department uh-huh. of Energy says you should set your thermostat to 78 when you're home, 85 when you're at work or, you know, away, and 82 when you're sleeping. Well, you know what? Who Somebody who wrote that had horns on their head, was red with fire coming out there, a cloven hoof tail. That's hot. That is very hot. That's crazy okay. hot at night. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just making sure because, Mark, I'm not kidding. If, if I did that to LaDonna, mm-hmm. we would not be married. No. No. Our thermostat is set at 65 at night, believe it or not. It's just like it has to be cold in the house. It has to be. Ours, Mark, ours is set at 68. Okay. 12 months out of the year <laughs> for the house. And then... I actually put a separate air condition, a window, a big window unit in the bedroom yeah. for LaDonna. Wow. Because she wanted to. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, look, and here's my theory. <laughs> if you think it's cold in my house, put on a sweater, you know, because yeah, it, yeah. if it's too hot, I, you know what? If it's 78 degrees in my house, I'm underneath figuring out what happened to the AC. Uh huh. <laughs> it's a good thing we both came out of the. Like, we've been in the radio business all these years. We can handle cold places because radio stations are cold. You know. Oh they yeah. Keep them cold, so you're used to it. You wear a sweater. You wear a jacket. Eh. You got to have it for the equipment that way. But at home, <laughs> you want to run things a little differently. But wow, sixty. You said sixty-eight all the time. And yeah, on top yeah. of that, an air conditioning unit. Do you have yeah. meat hanging from the curtain rods in the bedroom? Yeah, and we named him <laughs> Dave Mack. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. You know, Mark, the other day you and I were at, talking just in general about seasonal stuff like when does summer really begin? Right. And, you know, and it was kind of funny because we don't you know all right there is a time and place for everything on the calendar Mm -hmm. you know we know this and yet you and i don't we don't most americans don't look at june 20th or 21st as the beginning of summer it's kind of like memorial day to labor day that's the summer holiday season yeah yeah and you know yeah the the beginning of summer is more like the middle of summer for us Yeah. yeah yeah and so it stands to reason that a couple of weeks before Labor Day, the end of summer, when schools are getting ready to take back in, that's when you would kind of go, well, all right, summer's over. Mm-hmm. Kids are back in school. Yeah. Football time. Yeah. yeah. So it, may, it stands to reason that it would be around August 1st, right? Yeah, it is. According to a survey, many of us feel like August 1st marks the end of summer. 
around 60% of those who were surveyed said they pack summer vacation plans into June and July because August 1st feels like a transition day when parents have to get kids ready for going back to school and college and some employers begin expecting staff to ramp back up to regular work weeks and so on. So around the 1st of August, everybody's sort of mentally in that, well, it's over gear, you know, they're packing things up and getting ready to get back to the winter or fall and winter schedule. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and again, I'm kind of the same boat. I but we had a couple of years ago. Do you remember when, um, like the first or second week of August, we had chilly fall like temperature? Yeah, and football it was like weather for a week. Yeah, 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 and it was like normally, and I mean the do- they call it the dog days of August for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like <laughs> it's just tough. You're worn out from June and July. Yeah, now it's like please for the love. When does school start? So these ru- <laughs> will get out of my house. You know. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Calling Dr. Freud. For those in my neighborhood, if you actually happen to be wondering why is there a bulldog and a cat with a backpack at the end of my driveway waiting on a school bus, you'll understand. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. You know, Mark, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah. About worn down. Ready to call it a career. How about that now? You know. I, what uh, is it about today? I don't I was thinking doing the mental checklist today, okay, how many more days we got? I gotta do this every then the yeah. weekend. Already. Mm-hmm. I mean it's Wednesday right. morning and I'm already wishing it was Friday, you know? <laughs> I like dreaming by Kenny Nolan is next. <laughs> Yeah, and like we say every day, it's not like this is a real job. I know. <laughs> Thing is, you know what's your yeah. I'm with you. It's just the mint. It's like I told Ladonna yesterday. You know, it's like I'm so ready to be at the beach. Mm, yeah, and and, yeah. and she's like, she's not a beach person. She's a mountains person. Right. And so if I was to say that to her, hey, I'm I'm so ready to be in the mountains. She'd have been excited, stripped her clothes off, been in the car, ready to go. Yes. You know that uh-huh. if I said that. Yeah. But instead, for her, it's almost me saying, I'm so ready to be at the beach. It's like her saying, I'm so ready to be in Gatlinburg. I'm so ready to be at Dollywood. I'm so ready to be walking uh-huh. up and down hills shopping and spending money we don't have on stuff we don't need. <laughs> that's way too expensive for idiots like us. You know, that, that's. <laughs> I am ready to go spend $75 on breakfast at Pancake Pantry. Come on. <laughs> yep. Because I'm going to be hungry in two hours later. You yeah. just can't eat that much starch at one meal. You yeah, know, the only way to digest, yeah. I'm, yeah, the only way to do that is to drink scotch with it. And I quit oh, doing that 33 no. years ago. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. You know, it is all about a relationship with the one who saves us all as opposed to a uh, religion. And I, and I mean that in a nice way. Yeah. But... I was talking to a friend yesterday and he's going through a tough time and um, he said he, he feels uncomfortable discussing it at, you know, in his church group. Hmm. And uh, I said, well, wait a minute, why? It was some personal, I knew what he was dealing with. Yeah. And I said, well, why do you feel the need to discuss that, you know, with a group of people? And um, he looked at me like I was a foreigner or something, but it hit me. I mean, some people are oversharers. Okay. They, yeah, they, are. they really do. <laughs> and, I told him, I'm like, you know, do you, do you really want people's opinion or do you want them to pray for you? What is, what is the goal mm. of talking about this? Because, you know, 
I'm a, it's like, let's solve the problem, you know? And anyway, it just kind of hit me, you know, that some people do use church for different things. Yeah. And it's like, in reality, church is a pep rally. You know, I I look at it as a, it's a pep rally because all week long, if you're living your life as a believer, there's a lot of slings and arrows and rocks thrown in front of you. And you're, you know, it can get a little ugly sometimes and you have to maintain an even strain and be kind and joyous and all those things. And that when you go to church, you're back home, you're around people who are like minded and it's a comfortable place to be, but it's not a place that you live. Yeah. You know, you learn, you know, it's for education. It's for comfort. It is for all these things, but it's not, I mean, my goodness, Mark, hmm. if you live in church and that's all you do, church things, church people, if, if that's your life, how are you impacting the world around you? Hmm. Yeah. And that's when I, it, it, when we were, I was talking to him and I thought, I don't, I don't like, a, you know, <laughs> find one person you can relate to and one person you trust. And that's the one person. And, and I told him he's a little younger. I said, find somebody older that's been through life and seek out their advice if that's what you're after. But I said, don't share it in a men's group. I mean, it, mm, just, it was so oh, personal. Yeah. It didn't, you know, it just didn't. He really wanted his group to be on his side is what it amounted to, I think. Huh. And, yeah. you know, if there's something going on in your relationship with your spouse and you're seeking to already get people on your side mm. for some confrontation, mm. that's not communicative. That's not the best way to go about solving problems in the marriage, you know? Wow. At least in my book, I'm maybe yeah. I'm wrong, Mark. I think it's important to have, uh, have people who hold you accountable. I think you should have yeah. accountability people in your life, not necessarily a whole group where you, you know, right. you're, you're, uh, you're a small group from church that mm -hmm. may not be that may in some cases it may be a good place to share something you're dealing with because you can get some perspective from other people and they'll pray for you. And that's extremely right. important, but it's also important to have those key people in your life who will hold you accountable. You know, uh, let's say you're, mm -hmm. you're, let's say you're struggling with, uh, Oh, I'll just go ahead and say it. Cause a lot of guys struggle with the, with the porn addiction, right? Oh. Let's say you're struggling yeah. with that. It's something you've been dealing with even since back before in the old days. Mm -hmm. And it's something that just keeps haunting you and keeps pulling at you. You can, if you've got a couple of guys in your life that you can, you can share that with who will give you a call from time to time and just check up on you. That's a great thing. Right. But not your entire small group at church. Do you really want to share something like that with all the ladies at church in your right. group? No, you really don't. Yeah. You know, but that's actually a good those, point. I'm those, glad you brought that up. Those key people, those key, especially guys, those key men in your life that you can trust as your accountability partners. That's a great thing. But the whole group no. And it's yeah. and social media. What are you nuts? No. I mean, oh. and that's, you, you talked about, you said oversharers and the first mm -hmm. thing that came to mind was a couple of people you and I know who sent mm -hmm. you, they share everything on social media and you just right. want to take them out back and say, Hey, Hey, delete that. Just right. go delete it right now and pretend you never posted it because right. that's just, do you really want people reading the dirty laundry about your marriage? Is Are right. you, are you nuts? But they do it anyway. So yep. no, just don't find, find those key people in your life who can be your accountability partners who help you stay on track and share what that kind of stuff with them and get them to pray with you and, and to give you some direction, but not everybody. Life radio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. And, uh, Mark, when I see a thing about sea lions or mm -hmm. whatever on the beach, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know 
that much about stuff that I ought to know, mm. but I know a lot about TV pop culture stuff, so <laughs> it balances out. But I think of sea lions and otters and things like that as being fun little things to watch cool videos. But yeah. if I'm not mistaken, okay, the headline says sea lion appears to chase panicked beachgoers in San Diego. Mm-hmm. But aren't yeah. sea lions like really big and once just a little bit smaller than a walrus? Are they, aren't they big like that? Uh, they are kind of big. Yeah, uh, Jane and I went to years and years and years ago. We went to uh, uh, to San Francisco, and we went mm-hmm. down to the you know we went to the pier and we walked around and did all the tourist stuff. And I was did you eat rice or runny while you were there? No, no, we didn't. That's a San Francisco treat. That's what they say, but you know it's odd enough. Oddly enough, it's tar- hard to find. Um, the uh. <laughs> but but there's sea lions hanging out on the docks and things like that. It's just. And they take over. They just pretty much take over everywhere they go. If you have a boat that they can easily get onto, they'll be all over your boat. And it's just, right? yeah, it's just, there There are places in, uh, and now I can't remember his poet, Pier 51, Pier, what, what, I can't remember what the, the place is. It's a tourist spot in San Francisco. Um, but you walk out there and there are places just for watching the sea lions. And huh. they, they're everywhere. I mean, they think like i said they just take over and well it apparently they do it everywhere they go a visitor to a southern california beach captured video of beachgoers fleeing in a panic from two sea lions who appeared which appear to be aggressively charging after them uh charlie ann yena who posted the now viral video to of course tiktok said the chase began when a woman attempted to take a photo of a sleeping sea lion at la jolla cove in san diego the sea lions, she says, were sleeping and we were just and were just massive on the beach. And I was just watching them. And this woman got a, really close to them, like four mm. feet away and was trying <sighs> to take a photo of it up close. And it just woke up and started chasing everybody. <laughs> Don't these people pay attention to anything? I mean, we've had that happen Apparently with not. buffalo and other, th- yeah. other things lately. The sea lions eventually returned to the water and swam off without causing any serious injuries. A spokesperson for SeaWorld San Diego reviewed the footage and said the animals may not have been intentionally chasing the humans. The representative said that uh, the first sea lion may have simply been fleeing from the second quote. You'd really only notice if you watch a lot of sea lion behavior, but the fact that one jumps in the water and the other does so quickly after shows they're following one another, the spokesperson said, but still, <laughs> still up to four feet of something, a big creature like that. It's not a stuffed animal lady. Come on. I know, but people do this all the time. I mean, Mark, surely they have YouTube where this woman lives, you know? I mean, (laughs) it is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Leave them alone. Why are you messing with And why do you have to get so, well, people just don't understand, you know? Uh They're not a pet. They're a wild animal, and they kill other things to survive. That's right. You just look like lunch. liferadio.fm mark and max show and uh, hey mark i gotta tell you something real quick yes the um well all right for for years back back in the day um there was a place in birmingham called the city of hope remember that i do and as the city of hope got bigger and bigger uh pastor bill hines um it actually to back up it started as the bessemer rescue mission right and, you know, a place for the homeless to come and get a warm meal and, you know, a place to crash if you needed a place. And it grew, the ministry grew out of that. And they recognized, of course, that 
most many people in the homeless population really have a drug or alcohol problem. Yeah. Uh, they've got an addiction problem that has led them to this place in life. And while yes, they need a place to sleep tonight, they need a long-term solution. And his name is Jesus. Mm. So if you're a believer and you're involved in such ministry, it, it's good to open up and go further. And that's what they did. And it got so it got big enough that the city of hope, uh, cancer center actually called up and said, you got to change your name. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, we, we are the city of hope. And you know, it wouldn't matter in the days before the internet to have a name similar or whatever, right. not that big of a deal. Right. But in this world where everything, if somebody types in the city of hope and you've invested marketing dollars and everything else into a cancer center called the city of hope, um, you don't want to do a Google and have City of Hope pop up as a rescue place in right, Bessemer, yeah. Alabama. Yeah. So they had to change the name, and they picked Foundry, and it's a great story about why they did. But our relationship goes back to before the Foundry. Yep. Well, um, having been involved in uh, alcohol and drug addiction and recovery for many years, um, I like helping. You know, I'll, it's what I do in my private life, and we do talk about it, you know, from time to time here. But in, in reality, that's a private thing, you know? Right. Yeah. And anyway, I just want you to know there, if you were dealing with alcohol and drugs, there's a place, there's a man there. There are things that you can do, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, one of the things that we found from pastor Bill Hines back in the day is he was a, a salesman and B an entrepreneur. Now you put salesman entrepreneur with a guy who's got a real passion for recovery <laughs> and a bigger yeah. passion for Jesus. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. you got a guy that you can golf with, but you'll never finish a round, okay? Because <laughs> he's a busy guy. He is. He is. And he's, a wonderful man. He's also hard on himself on the golf course. Yes. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> he yeah. beats himself up. I'm like, oh, that was a stupid the, shot. <laughs> you realize Tiger Woods couldn't have hit that better than you just did, right? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, the the long and short of it all is long relationship. Well, the, yeah. uh, Pastor Bill is now retired uh, from active. Uh, he's not in charge anymore, although he's an emeritus type status, a senior uh, elder, whatever you want okay. to call it. Anyway, yeah. so um, in keeping with what many recovery programs do that are self-sustaining, they people come into the program and they have a certain um, expertise, you know, right? no matter what, but they're great at fixing computers or great at auto mechanics or whatever. And so the ministry um, will seek out or will they will help that individual, you know, either get a job in that field or mm -hmm. create it for them, you know, and in uh, many times that's what happens. But one of the things that is very powerful um, that they have done with the foundry is working on medical help for those that don't have ins insurance and things like that. And in particular, dental work. Oh, yeah. And um, they run ads on TV about, you know, um, uh, dental work at half price. You, if you live in the north or central part of Alabama, you see these ads for discounted dental work. And you know that you can get dental work done by the UAB School of uh, Dentistry, um, where they will allow their students, you know, to work on you under the guise of a real doctor and teaching and all that. But they get real world experience and you pay minimal cost. Um, well, at the foundry, they've expanded in their uh, dental clinic. It's just awesome. Um, if you need a dentist, you can go, you don't have to have an appointment. Um, they don't take any kind of insurance and I'm going to be honest, Mark, I've had insurance, you know, for the last however many years, uh, I mean, 30 and yet my dental coverage was never very good. Right. It just for whatever reason it isn't. And you go to get a crown and you're like, I'm paying 500 something dollars a month for this insurance and right. the crown still costs me a grand. Come yeah. on. It's always very minimal. And, yeah. Yeah. 
And so knowing that they're like, okay, we won't, we're just not going to take insurance. This is cash. And so their prices are based on cash and mm-hmm. people who can't afford much. Right. And they do everything from like, fixing a cavity to doing implants. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So when I needed a dental work done, I looked at it because for the, that reason, like, well, wait a minute. These are actual real doctors and dentists what that are working in there. I'll let them do it. You know, I was looking yeah. at UAB. I was, I needed work done and I was, I, I had paid a lot of money to professionals and two doctors put me in the hospital and one nearly killed me. Wow. All from working on my teeth. Mm. Anyway, I know this is going long, but here's my point. If you or somebody, you know, is having problems with their teeth. And again, I'm going to skip over the addiction issue on this because many people that have found themselves playing handball against the curb and their life is a shambles from drugs. They begin the recovery process and getting your health back is a big deal. You can recover and all that, but still have the outward signs of a past. And one of those is we call it meth mouth where you have your teeth are just a train wreck. Right. And, um, and it's tough. You spend time and you're in and you're, you know, you get your life back on track and everything's going good, but you go to a job interview and you know, you smile and they like, what was that? You know? And if, if you'll look into the foundry, they actually have a dental clinic set up and it's a training center. It's got real dentists, but it's no insurance cash only. And they will take care of that problem. You have, you can go in and go in and see what they can do for you. Okay. Uh, this is not a commercial for them. I'm just saying that is who I used to start my journey on getting my smile back. And wow. I'm so thankful I did Mark. Uh, they're wonderful people and have done a great job. And the doctors that did mine are some of the best in the state. And I'm just so thankful. I'm excited. I'm not done yet. Um, mm. I'm having implant stuff done and, um, I'm just, you know, it's really expensive to have it done. Okay. Yeah, it, it is. really is. It is. But, and there's no way around it. And the thing is that the thing is that the insurance price is much, much higher than a cash price would be. Oh yeah. Just because of all yeah. of the hoops they have to go through. It's just, it's expensive to, to manage insurance. And if you can do things for cash, you can pay less. Yeah. So, well, yeah. you know, I have insurance. Yeah. I actually have right. uh, yeah. health insurance, dental insurance and all that. And when I started pricing it out, um, with my dental insurance, it was to have the work done was going to cost me out of pocket. I mean, Mark, I'm not going to shock you here, but $15,000. Wow. Um, out of pocket with insurance. Okay. Wow. And that was on the low end and not getting everything the way I wanted it. Yeah. To give yeah. you an idea, the foundry, um, and the whole dental thing for all in getting exactly what I wanted with the implants and everything else. Okay. All in. It's going to be less than twenty five hundred dollars. Wow, that's amazing! And you don't have to, and you're not paying it right up front. You're not paying it at one time. Right, you pay it over time. Yeah. So they make it affordable for anybody. Yeah. And I'm telling you, you know, but you don't even have to pay that. I could have done this for less than for everything less than seven hundred dollars. Wow, that's at, at the foundry. Yeah. And with my insurance, the bare minimum with my insurance, it was going to cost eighteen hundred dollars. Wow. To get yeah, so I'm just telling you, there is an option. It's incredible, and the people are awesome. So yeah. I know I went long, but yeah. I've wanted to talk about this for a right. while. And, and just, um, just to wrap things up, to give you, if you, if this is something that interests you, or there's somebody in your life who who really needs this service, it's called the Foundry Dental Center. 
<laughs> While you were talking, I was looking things up. It's the Foundry. Okay. <laughs> it's the Foundry Dental right. Center. Uh, it's on Sixth Avenue North in Bessemer, Alabama. And the number, if you want to write this down on a small child, it's two zero five four three four. 2031 205-434-2031 it's the foundry dental center live radio.fm mark and mac show and uh you know mark many yes. of the time i've wondered what are you going through in your life that uh, you put certain <laughs> stories in here because yes. we've had a couple of stories this week about joggers and bikers and mm-hmm. people doing things that are really healthy and I'm thinking either you have surrendered to the flub or you're actually thinking about a life change into health. So I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, no, I'm praying for you and cue up the Guinness Book of World Records jingle what for is us. That? It's, a, it's a major award. Shucks, I wouldn't have known that. It looks like a lamb. A Canadian runner unofficially broke a Guinness World Record for juggling. That's juggling while running. When I thought that was a joke. <laughs> juggling, really? <laughs> no, that's a thing? This is a category. What have I told you? Guinness will make up categories for you. <laughs> he, will, uh, he unofficially broke this Guinness World Record for juggling when he reached a distance of 6.2 miles in 34 minutes, 47 seconds. Michael Bergeron of Prince Edward Island took to the track at the University of Prince Edward Island while juggling to attempt the record for the fastest 10 kilometers joggling with three objects. Bergeron finished with a time of 34 minutes, 47 seconds, beating the current record of 36 minutes and 27 seconds. Um, Bergeron previously attempted the record in 2018 and finished with a time of 35 minutes, 36 seconds, but his run was disqualified on a technicality. (laughs) He forgot and started skipping at some point, and they tossed it out. Uh, the, uh, the Bergeron said evidence from his most recent attempt is now being submitted to Guinness World Records for official recognition. Quote, I broke the record by a minute 40, so it feels pretty good. Now I just hope Guinness recognizes it because it's only a certi- uh, on a certified track. I feel exhausted. My feet are hurting, but super happy. He previously broke a record for the fastest half marathon joggling uh, joggling three objects at the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon in October of 2018. Yikes. <laughs> Can you juggle, Mark? Uh, I have at times in my life been able to get the three things at a time working, but mm-hmm. I'm not coordinated enough to keep it going for very long. So well, You know, as no. Howard Wallowitz said when he was teaching Sheldon how to juggle, he mm-hmm. said... Uh, if you want to have fun, start with one. <laughs> one ball at a time. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show where every week we have alligator stories. No doubt about it, we got your alligators here. However, mm-hmm. usually when we have an alligator story, it's about something in Florida and around a golf course, that's yes, kind of the norm. Usually, yeah. Not the case here at all, where we've got not one, 
two alligator uh-huh. sightings are reported in southwest Michigan. Michigan. A Michigan college said its nature center was closed to the public until further notice after two reports of alligator sightings in a river. Albion you College. Know, Mark, it seems to me that if you've got a nature course that a nature if you center. got wild alligators, you ought to bring yeah, nature center, you bring the kids out. You <laughs> open it up, say, Hey, come on. Come look at the gators. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but keep your distance because you know what they say about gators. Then the gators don't take no jack. No, they don't. Albion Oh my goodness. <laughs> Albion College said its White House wow. Nature Center, located near the college's campus in Albion, was closed all day Sunday due to a potential danger. Quote Albion College received two independent sightings of a possible alligator in the Kalamazoo River at the White House Nature Center. They said they said in a, a Facebook post, uh, the college is working directly with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources and other local agencies to resolve the situation as safely and quickly as possible. Uh, the White House Nature Center's Facebook page said the first gator sighting was reported Saturday. Officials said they haven't been able to yet confirm the alligator's presence in the river, but the Nature Center will remain closed until further notice to ensure the safety of the campus and the surrounding community. Hmm. All right. So right now, students all over Michigan are planning on how to shut down a class by claiming they saw an alligator in a river. Ordering ordering fake inflatable alligators yeah. online. Yes. You know what? You ain't seen the last of Ernest T. Bass. That's what happened on that Return to Mayberry TV movie. Oh, my. They had the swamp monster out there. Ernest T. Bass was involved doing it as a, a place to what do you call it? Uh, Oh, a place where people show up, um, tourism. Okay. It was a tourist attraction. I got you. So here we go. Now we got the Southwest Michigan River Gators and a whole new tourist thing. <laughs> Let's go ask Tim Allen if that's pure Michigan. The Mark and Mac Show. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac Show, and you know, Mark, a little while ago, we had a story of a sea lion chasing a tourist, you know, mm-hmm. who yeah. got too close to, got, you know, to take pictures. And it never fails to amaze me because we see crazy stuff happening with people taking selfies yeah. and doing things that they ought not do. Like, again, getting four feet from a sea lion right. in their home turf, not a good idea for a human. No, I don't know what you expect to happen, but none of it's good. Meanwhile, we have stories just about every day. If we look where a tourist will fall into something where they shouldn't have been to start with all to take a selfie, right? A 20, and here we go again. A 23 year old tourist fell into, are you sitting down? They fell into Mount Vesuvius in Italy. This guy <laughs> fell in after he dropped his cell phone while he was taking a selfie. According to Newsweek, the man who was not identified, you don't you dare give him anybody. No, no, you will not give anybody my name. He climbed down into the mouth of the the active volcano to retrieve his phone. As he was making his way down, he lost his balance and slipped, falling several feet further down into the crater. Luckily, he didn't didn't sustain any serious injuries. He was rescued by local tour guides. He was treated at the scene for cuts and bruises. When officers arrived, because officers were going to arrive when because he was Mm -hmm. trespassing, they learned the family bypassed the visitor's entrance and instead took a blocked off path to the mouth of the volcano because that sign was for everybody else. 
not them. Uh, they cited the family and two other tourists for taking the prohibited path, which is closed to tourists because it's considered dangerous. The, ma- the main trail to the volcano is relatively easy to traverse and takes about 30 minutes. The area is fenced off to prevent visitors from falling into the volcano. The last wow. time Vesuvius erupted was back in 1944. It's considered one of the most dangerous volcanoes in the world and is constantly monitored by officials at the Vesuvius Observatory. I did not know that President Joe Biden had a 23-year-old grandson. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? But I realize now, you know, <laughs> good grief, man. You know, he's Joey, Joey genius. I just don't get he's it, the man. the smartest guy he knows. You break every rule possible uh-huh. to take a photo and nearly kill yourself and endanger the lives of others all because you want, yeah. you know, the rules are for everybody else, Mark. They're not mm-hmm. for me. That's right. Yeah. I just, uh-huh. <sighs> you know, let's not go where everybody else is going let's step around this gate where this sign is that says don't go this way and let's go this way yeah you know do a quick search of people who died taking a selfie okay and you're going to be well probably not amazed because you know that you know like bill ingvall said here's your sign yeah life radio.fm mark and mac show and hopefully i i'm Hopefully you're having a great day. Uh, or it'll be better for you. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so confused. Just <laughs> Is it Friday yet? Is this Dude, how we, it's this is be. how we started the show? <laughs> Vacay, man. It's not getting better, Mark. No, One thing not. that did happen, I, I looked at something yesterday, actually last night. I uh, ended up on Marketplace on Facebook, which oh. you have cracked me up a couple of times talking about going on Marketplace and getting lost there for hours. I have. Because you yeah, can. You can. But what gets me is the number of people who are selling items brand new, never used, still in the box, yep. and they're selling it for almost the price of a new one, you know, mm-hmm. but not a little less. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, is it really worth saving 20 bucks on something that might be stolen? Because why would you have this pro- this $200 item, you know, still new in the box? It's just, you yeah. know, anyway. <laughs> But I saw this ad yesterday, and I made a note of this because I thought I it's just cool that somebody was actually really honest, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a Bowflex M6. It was, and this is what it says, bought new January 2022 Ooh. Um, and bought it for $1,400, okay? Mm-hmm. It said, and here's what the comment was. Don't use it like I thought I would. <laughs> now, this is the January item. You know, late December, early January, yeah. when we make that commitment, this is the year I start exercising. This is the year I will get in. This is the year. Right. And usually by the fourth or fifth day of the, you know, commitment, you're done. It's like, no, this is why I never do this because it's not for me. Right. And, yeah. but usually people will make it say, oh, I bought a bigger unit. I needed a downsize. I don't have room, whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. But this individual actually saying, don't use it like I thought I would <laughs> means <laughs> until right before he took the picture, um, there were clothes on this thing. Using it as <laughs> a, you know, <laughs> that's exactly right. It was a clothes rack. <laughs> yeah. I love the stuff there. I like, uh, I just was, I just, because you brought it up, I started. Scrolling, I know. Right? I yeah. thought about that. I thought when I say this, all of a sudden I'm yeah. going to lose Mark the rest of the day. Right. Uh, here's one in Gadsden, um, Alabama Jaguars going out of business. Sell ace S E. No, oh, it's yeah. not a sale. It's a sell. Um, yes. the price, one thousand two hundred and thirty-four dollars. 
<laughs> and oh, that's one, never two, three, four. one, two, three, four. And that's one of the things that I've heard a handful of people say this. Oh, I saw a great deal on a truck. It was, a, it was $1,234. No, it's, mm-hmm. they just have to put a price in there to get right. your attention. It's one, two, three, four. <laughs> when you call them, it's not going to be $1,234. No, trust me. Because and by the way, you cannot buy this item for $1,200 because no. it sells for $30,000. You know, that's right. Like uh, it might be a scam. Somebody's got a, uh, Right now, somebody's got a limo in Moulton, Alabama, uh-huh. for fifty five hundred bucks in Moulton, uh, okay. Alabama. It's it's a nineteen eighty seven something. I can't tell because the picture's sideways. Uh-huh. <laughs> for fifty five hundred bucks, there's somebody's uh-huh. got a freezer that looks like it might have had grandma in it for eighty five dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, it's well, just, you paint it black, throw it in the ground. You got to yeah. cast it. <laughs> It's just amazing what you can find on Facebook Marketplace. I have found caskets. I have found my favorite was Big Rock, five dollars. That was my favorite thing. <laughs> You'll have to rent a truck to move it, but <laughs> Life Radio FM, the Mark and Mac show. And you know, uh, we've talked about this before and try to get it in at least once a day about sharing liferadio.fm. And yesterday, Mark, I'm talking to a, girl, a lady who I've talked to a lot of the last several months and, you know, pointed out, have you downloaded the app? I'm like, what app? Oh, you know, I thought I, you're talking about a Christian person who loves Christian music and loves the Mark and Max show. And I'm like, but here you go. And it's just one of those little things. So every day we remind you, and if you're a regular listener and you're like, why do you keep saying that? Because you know what, friends, you have to tell people things so many times before yeah. it sinks in. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we ask. So, I mean, hate to be a burden, but if you do have a chance, just say, listening to the Mark and Mac show, liferadio.fm, that would be cool. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, um, <laughs> something you t- Captain Obvious here. Yeah. Neighborhoods <laughs> with more dogs have less crime. <laughs> I think we have a study to prove this now because somebody yes. figured, ah, we got to spend that tax money somehow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, people walking their dogs act as patrols and can, can deter criminals. The study, which was conducted in Columbus, Ohio, and published in late June in the Journal of Social Forces, says so. Um, Niccolo Pinchak, he's an Ohio State student who authored the study, said in a release, quote, when people are out walking their dogs, they have conversations, they pet each other's dogs. Sometimes they know the dog's name and not even the owner's. They learn what's going on and can spot potential problems. The idea that mutual trust and surveillance makes for safer neighborhoods is not new. Researchers fit dogs into the picture by looking at crime statistics from 2014 to 2016 for 595 census block groups and study data on uh, and survey that is and survey data on dog ownership. That data was combined with a study where Columbus residents rated how much they trust people in a neighborhood. The study found that high levels of trust alone can decrease homicide, robbery, and aggravated assaults. But the impact of trust on crime is amplified when there are higher concentrations of dogs in the area. A high trust, high trust neighborhoods with lots of dogs had about two thirds the robbery rate of their counterparts and about half of the homicide rate, according to the Ohio State University News. The presence hmm. of dogs reduces crimes out in public, but also decreases property crimes such as burglaries, regardless of levels of trust in a neighborhood. So yeah. dogs are a good thing. Well, robbers don't like things that make loud noises and can't be stopped. Mm. And <laughs> there then, you go. And, That's why we have guard dogs and, and stuff. And they bite them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, come on. Like, okay, Captain Obvious, how much money did we spend on this one? <laughs> 
liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, uh, we've talked a little bit about vacation time and mm-hmm. just needing a break, and everybody does. Well, you know, there is a uh, the running of the bulls in Pamplona yeah. that, you know, takes place. It's, is it going on now? Um, uh, it was, uh, no, I think it's just in the last week or so they've okay. had it. Yeah. It's not okay. now. <laughs> But, but there but. there are every year, you know, we get stories out of this mm-hmm. and they're never good. I no, get it. Okay. I get are. the idea, but it's like you get a story about this, it ain't good. What is the attraction? You look at this and go, hey, uh more people got gored. Let's try it. You yeah, know? I, I don't understand. I'm the I I guess in part i get the danger aspect it's the same reason kids j- make jumps for their bikes and things like that it's just there's the danger you know the thrill of, of the possibility of getting hurt i guess i don't know a spanish red cross spokesman said three people were gored and three others suffered bruises in a tense uh, fifth bull run at pamplona's san Fermin festival monday it was the first run with gorings in the festival so far this year there are three more daily runs before it finishes up tomorrow and thursday the red cross worker jose aldaba told spanish national television that one man was gored on the street while two others were stabbed by a bull's horn inside the bull ring at the end of the run television images showed one bull repeatedly tossing and butting one runner against the wooden barriers on the edge of the ring and then goring another in the back of the leg. The spectacle lasted just over three minutes as hundreds of runners, mostly men, ran frantically ahead and alongside six fighting bulls as they charged through the cobblestone streets of this northern city. Three other runners were treated for injuries sustained in falls during the run. The run finishes at Pamplona's Bullring, where later in the day the bulls are killed by professional bullfighters. Tens of thousands of foreign visitors come to the Pamplona Festival that has was made known to the English-speaking world through Ernest Hemingway's 1926 novel, The Sun Also Rises. The adrenaline rush of the morning bull run is followed by partying throughout the day <laughs> and night. Wow. Yeah. You know, Mark, um, Jerry Riviera, uh, better known to the world as Geraldo <laughs> Rivera. Yeah. Uh, now, by the way, the Jerry Rivers thing was not true. The Jerry Riviera thing is. Okay. And his his mom did that when he was in junior high. Uh, his his mom's Jewish, his dad Puerto Rican, and there was a lot of racism in the 50s and 60s and in the Northeast, and she didn't want there to be a stigma attached. She wanted to sound a little more continental, you know, right. so she okay. went with Riviera. Anyway, in his book, Exposing Myself, that came out in the late 80s, early 90s, which, hey, I found it an entertaining read. I thought some of it was a little classless, but, you know, he bared it all. He talked about the running of the bulls. Hmm. And I realized I didn't know very much about it, okay? I just didn't. I mean, I know Hemingway wrote about it and all that, but anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so Geraldo went there doing a news piece, and being the macho guy, he wanted to get a news shot, you know, for the of him running with the bulls. And so they got the cameras all set up and everything else and got him all there to run with the bulls. And he talked about it was scary and how crazy it was, you know, these huge bulls and all the people. And, you know, he really did a good job explaining how it all worked. And it was it was interesting. (laughs) But here's the bad part. okay? he gets through it and he comes into the ring, raising his hands like Rocky. I mean, in his head, he's thinking of how it's going to look on TV. Right. Right. Well, you find out the Paul Harvey on this one. The rest of the story is. 
they do it for several days and the locals there, they don't just run one day. <laughs> they do it every day of this festival. It's an everyday thing. Right. So Geraldo thought, all I got to do is survive this once, get the video and go home. And he finds out that, you know, to be a real man, hey, you got to do it, you know, again and again. Uh -oh. Yeah. It's just, it's funny because, you know, the things you don't think of. Because in the media, sure, I'll do it once. Not a deal. You know, I'll do mm -hmm. that. But you think, I only got three minutes and I'm out. You know, I can run around the ring. I can avoid a bull, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, he talked about that and it was like, really? He, I thought I was done. I thought I was on my way home. And. <laughs> <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, The Mark and Max Show. And, you know, yesterday before we started the show, you were telling me this story about uh, the convenience store 7-Eleven. Right, yeah. And, you know, we were kind of making jokes about it back and forth, but we never talked about it on the show. And, right. Um, I'm glad you included it because, I, you know, this is a 7-Eleven, you know, is almost like saying um, you need uh, Kleenex. You know, Kleenex is just kind of a generic, even yes. though it's a brand, it's a generic yeah. term for tissue. Right, yeah. Um, same thing with 7-Eleven. It's like, it's a, almost a generic term for a convenience store. Right. When you say 7-Eleven, the first thing you think is, oh, that's a convenience store. Yeah. You know exactly Even if it's not is. a 7-Eleven, yeah. exactly it could be the right. Dixie Mart. Yeah. They're, 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 it's a ubiquitous term for a convenience store. And they're not just here in the United States. They're all over the place. Well, this week uh, is their birthday week. So happy birthday to 7-Eleven. The, the chain was founded this week back in 1927 as an ice house storefront in Dallas, Texas. They began selling by milk, egg uh, selling, they began by selling milk, eggs, and bread from their ice dock. That's kind of cool. People could come up and just buy their, some of their grocery items there at the ice house. It was hmm. named totem stores between 1928 and 1946. In 1946, in an effort to continue the company's post-war recovery, the name of the franchise was changed to 7-Eleven to reflect the store's new hours of operation. That's 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., which were unprecedented at the time. I know nobody opened that early or stayed that late. In 1963, 7-Eleven experimented with a 24-hour schedule in Austin, Texas, after an Austin store stayed open all night to satisfy customer demand. 7-Eleven operates, franch operates franchises and licenses 78,029 stores in 19 countries and territories. Wow. Like I said, they're everywhere. That's a lot of slushies, man. That is a lot of slushies and, and other things. I watch, a, I watch videos by these guys, these content creators in Japan who are from everywhere but Japan, <laughs> mm -hmm. living there, you know, and just making videos about what it's like to live in Japan. And 7-Eleven is huge in Japan. It's really? Just, yes. It's just huge. And, and it's not... Like you think of a convenience store here where you might look at the food they have to offer and think, no, I'll starve. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a very different creature in Japan, but they're everywhere all over the world. Over 78,000 stores. Wow. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Happy birthday. liferadio.fm the mark and mag show and you know mark on our main website for liferadio.fm we have the daily uh, bible reading which is um, reading the bible in a year mm -hmm. 
not necessarily though from Genesis through you know Revelation. It's just it's um, a it's a really unique way of reading the Bible in a year where it keeps things in context and some stories that are told here or there. They kind of put them together. And it just, for me, it's made it easier, I guess is the best way to put it. Everybody's different, you yeah, know, yeah. but anyway, I, we encourage you to go and check that out. Also, of course, you know, the website is right there so that you can share it with the rest of the world, download the app and you're on your way. Meanwhile, we have had kangaroo stories for some reason over the last couple of weeks. And it's weird how this, st- it's like it comes in waves. We'll have, yeah, you know, we'll have bear stories. We'll have, uh armadillo stories we'll have snake stories we'll, and and now we're having kangaroo stories it's just weird but a kangaroo that escaped from an, a property in alabama was safely captured and returned home just a couple of days later eli morton said the two-year-old kangaroo named jackie legs i want mm. i want to talk to this guy and i want to know why why he escaped from his property in the west point area of Cullman county saturday that's not all that far from where I live, you know. <laughs> no, it's not, actually. <laughs> Morton confirmed Jackie Legs was safely captured just after noon Monday and returned home. Jackie Legs previously escaped once earlier this year and was recaptured with the help of cheese puff snacks and Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. <laughs> what is he wow. feeding this thing? <laughs> wow. Oh, my. <laughs> I've made jokes about drunks seeing kangaroos in the, you know, yeah. the alleys before, but the kangaroo's a drunk. <laughs> and now I understand the song, Tie Me Kangaroo Down. Remember <laughs> Rolf Harris back in the day? I do. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show, and the... <laughs> yes. <laughs> The headline, it says, New Jersey man finds $1,000 in money from 1934 buried under porch. Wow. Now, I'm going to ask you this, Mark. Okay. If you found $1,000 buried underneath your porch, would you tell anybody, A, and B, (laughs) would you still be digging the rest of the stuff around your house? (laughs) Uh, A, no. B, yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'd be like that little kid in Stand By Me who buried his nickels or whatever and uh-huh. couldn't find them. And so he, you know, his mom threw out the map. He's digging holes all over the yard <laughs> looking for nickels or pennies. It's kind of like a squirrel looking for the nuts he buried, you know? I yeah. Know, I know there they're here somewhere, you know? <laughs> right. Mean, my house would fall down. <laughs> what, you know, I'd be digging everywhere. Well, Rich Gilson and his wife, Suzanne, bought a 1920s era cottage in Wildwood, New Jersey about four years ago. They've been, uh, They've since elevated the house and added a new foundation. Gibson said he was using a mini excavator to remove parts of the old foundation when he encountered a pair of strange objects. Quote, I thought they were weeds. I picked them up and just threw them aside, and they went into a pile I was using for fill. He said it rained on Saturday, and when he returned to complete the work Sunday, the objects again caught his eye. He realized they were rolled up paper bound with rubber bands. Quote, I got to look at the edge, and it had a green tint to it, and I said, this is money. It looked like little mini cigars all bound up together. As I broke it apart, I started to see what it was. He said the bills were buried underneath where the porch used to be. He said the area was previously only accessible via a crawl space. 
he said it was pretty shallow too. Somebody had to crawl under there and dig a hole in that crawl space. Suzanne Gilson said in a Facebook post that there was a thousand dollars total and that all of the 10 and $20 bills were marked as having been printed in 1934. Uh, rich, wow. uh, rich Gilson said he <clears throat> suspects the cash, the equivalent of more than $20,000 back in the thirties might have been tied to illegal activity. Hmm. He says, my sense is that something fishy happened. Somehow somebody got new bills, rolled them up like that, and put them in a jar. Somebody was hiding it, not just under their bed or in a wall safe for safekeeping. Well, yeah, remember back then, okay, 1934, you've got the depression. Mm-hmm. It's really sunk in. Yeah. Maybe somebody, you know, he had, he or she had some cash and said, I got to hide this from the fam, you know, yeah. because times yeah. are getting tough. Yeah. A lot of money. Or, you know, he stole it. <laughs> so. What do they do? They tell everybody in the world on Facebook. That's what they do. They, yeah. If I'm, you know what? If I'm the, if I'm the chief of police, I'm like, dude, nah, we are going to keep this for evidence. We're investigating, mm. you know, what's people, the statute people, of limitations, limitations on dumb. That's what I want to know. <laughs> it's right up there with murder. Oh. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mag Show and uh, countdown to vacay time. I, you know what, Mark? You would think that I had two or three weeks I was going to be gone when it's really only two or three days, <laughs> right. you know? Wow. Yeah, well, you're getting a three-day weekend. That's good. I might have to put some more time in, man. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be enough. <laughs> well, hey, do what you need, you know? I will tell you this, though. You know, you and I, over the years, have uh, had working vacations, you know, where we did our right. job or whatever and, you know, still vacay. And the reason is when you're on vacation, well, during the summer when I had when the kids were all here, it didn't matter. I would go to work and basically work a full day and come home. They were still in bed, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, going to the beach is no different, you know, because at the beach, you know, when, when my kids were growing up, we really did because LaDonna is really an indoor girl, you know. And I, look, when you've got... When the Stay Puft Marshmallow guy says, that's a white girl, okay? That's when you know. And you don't go out in the sun much. But So we go to the beach. and So when you're looking the, for sunscreen, you're looking for SPF 300, you know? Exactly. It's like, you know, whatever it takes. But anyway, so we always had a plan, you know, for vacay and how we would do it. Because I always wanted the beach and the pool, and that was cool. So we always had fun. But now it's like getting older and it's like i really am looking at vacation as a time to get away mm. and just be off work because Unplug. when you and i would do it yeah because you and i would work and you know there are two reasons for doing it one you can't trust anybody to do the job you know mm. and that without trying to steal your gig right and anyway it was just now it's like you're at that age where you're kind of going enough's enough it's vacay time so yeah, yeah. unplugging everything and being off work the thing is, LaDonna's job now is such that I don't think she's going to be able to do that. I think she's going to be plugged in, oh, no. which is really going to be funny. Yeah. Oh, no. But, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like, really? You you can't pull this off? All right. Cool. I'm with you. You know? <laughs> if you need me, I'll be on the beach. <laughs> yep. I will be out there with Braylon. Oh, that's and that's right. the other thing. Separate rooms, separate oh. hotels. So it's like, I will, it's like, you know, Papa mm-hmm. will be there in a minute. Yeah. Not right now. That's right. I get there. <laughs> I love you. And we're going to play in the ocean. But, you know. Well, but, you know, wow. what Hannah hit me with yesterday, she goes, yeah, we got a 50% chance there's a hurricane. Like, what? What are you talking about, hurricane? You know? 
Wow. I'm getting a great mental image of this now. I, mean, I know. Even though you're staying in separate places, you're still going to have that knock at the door at 630 in the morning. Let's go. Let's go to the beach. Let's oh. go. Yep. <laughs> and you're going to be fighting. You're going to be fighting the weather anyway. It's, it's going to rain every day you're there. <laughs> crying, man. Good for you. <laughs> Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm.